Hello and welcome to the Campaign Podcast. My name is Nicola Merrifield, Premium Content Editor at Campaign. My name is Charlotte Rawlings and I'm a reporter at Campaign. And my name is Matt Barker, I'm Features Editor at Campaign. Today, we're going to talk about a Tesco campaign that's got people excited on TikTok, plus our 2022 Faces to Watch cohort, and what junior talent are really interested in from a job. Charlotte, you're the one that spotted the Tesco campaign. Can you explain a bit about it to listeners who've not heard it? Yeah, sure. So I'd actually seen the campaign on TikTok myself. Um, It wasn't even an ad, it just appeared on my feed as regular content. But basically, Tesco has worked with BBH on this campaign. And they're asking people to audition to be the voice of its self-checkout. So TikTok users are recording themselves saying the standard things you hear at a self-checkout, like check my bagging area and scan your club card. Uh, Some people are probably taking it more seriously than others. So why don't we have a listen to some of the best ones? Audition to become the new voice of Tesco checkouts by duetting with me. So why do you think you've got what it takes? Because if you have a Tesco club card, please scan it now. Uh, Interesting. And how would you say, please check my bagging area? Please check my bagging area. Great. And what noise do I make when you scan something? Could you do that again, please? Right. And now for the greatest honour of all. How would you say, club card accepted? Club card accepted. Audition to become the new voice of Tesco Checkouts by duetting with me. Well, on, so, then. why do you think you've got what it takes? Uh, I've been a long-time customer. I've bought many at Aberdeen Angus Steak. Well done. And uh, Interesting. <laughs> and how would you say, please check my bagging area? Oh, oi, mate. Uh, you, plonker. Please check your bagging area, mate. Uh, Great. Oi. And what noise do I make when you scan something? Could you do that again, please? (laughs) Right. And now for the greatest honour of all. Oh, here we go. How would you say club card accepted? Uh, Mate, uh, excuse me, please. Uh, Your Ah, club card's been accepted. Sweeter words were spoken. Don't interrupt me, mate. Thank you for your time. (laughs) You're very welcome. Don't forget to use the power of club card to lower your prices. Huh? What's he on about? It's just a pair of eyes on this machine. The overall winner is going to be chosen to voice checkouts across the country, which is pretty mad. So, um, yeah, it's done crazy well. Like TikTok influencers have been interested in it. And like when I checked this morning, the hashtag um, Tesco voice of checkout had like nearly 40 million views. It sounds fantastic. Uh, such a great idea. So, you know, when you were when you first spotted this, what did you really like about it? What did you find engaging? I think these sorts of competitions are something that loads of people can get involved in and you know, they're, re- they're really funny and that gets people engaged. But even the ones taking it seriously are so interesting. I mean, I thought it was interesting anyway, because they're putting on their best customer service voice. And it's actually so fun to see their voices change like that. I think we're all guilty of it, especially if we're talking on the phone, trying to be a bit more professional. Um, but also what's interesting is that they've managed to get TikTok influencers with big followings interested without even having to pay them to do it, as far as I'm aware anyways. Like when you look at their competition entries, they haven't got hashtag ad at the bottom or anything like that. So I'm assuming that these people have seen the competition and they're getting involved just for the fun of it. So that's a really clever and effective way to go viral, I think. Matt, did you have any thoughts about the the TikTok campaign? I think it's it's a really, um, it's quite a big moment, I think, for TikTok, because I think it's probably the, one of the few examples I can think of when brands have actually 
worked really well on there. We've heard all these horror stories. I remember, I think it was Burberry that sort of tried to do a challenge really early on uh, a couple of years ago, and, and and the whole thing just sort of fell flat. Well, I think this, by the sounds of it, I haven't, you know, I'm, I'm not a TikToker, so I haven't been on there, but it sounds like it's 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 worked out brilliantly well because it's, you know, it's it's a brand that sort of understands the whole kind of energy um, and spirit of TikTok and and, and has sort of um, adapted its its campaign that way. I think it's um, yeah, it's an exciting moment. So you mentioned Burberry there, but um, I wonder, Charlotte, do you have any uh, favourite brands that are doing really well on TikTok? Well, I actually wrote a feature on this a couple of months ago, so go check it out. Shameless self-promo. It's called uh, Key to Gen Z. Um, but yeah, I basically mention how brands can use humor to reach the younger generation and TikTok is a great tool for that. So um, some of the brands I mentioned were like Ryanair and Duolingo, the sort of brands that sort of don't take themselves too seriously and can take the mic. Like Ryanair always posts stuff about how it's affordable and they're also really good at tapping into um, trends on social media that might not even be relevant to the brand, but they know that young people are going to find that interesting. Um, and Duolingo, they've done some really fun stuff with their owl mascot, like pestering people in the office and stuff like that. Humour does always seem to be a really effective device, doesn't it? Um, and Matt, we published a piece um, earlier on this year about what the next TikTok would be. Um, so I wondered, are there any emerging platforms that could you know, challenge TikTok's uh, popularity? Yeah, this is one of those classic articles which is sort of looking ahead uh, over, over the next 12 months, the 12 months period that we're now coming to the end of, actually. Um, no, I think it's, it's, it's really the short answer. A lot of the, the, the sort of apps and, and platforms that were mentioned uh, in the piece, things like Clash, Discord, they're still quite niche. They haven't really sort of splashed into the mainstream in the way that TikTok has. What TikTok's done brilliantly is, is, is evolve. You know, it's now to all intents and purposes a search engine as, as much as anything else. People go there for information. Um, sadly, they go there for misinformation as well, obviously. But, um, you know, it's for things like restaurant reviews. It's a self-help guide. You know, it's it's everything there. It's, it's, it's managed to adapt really well beyond being a creative platform for, for young people to sort of get up to silly japes. Just out of interest, you know, you just mentioned there were some niche platforms there, but have either of you tried uh, any of those out? Uh, I haven't, no. Have you, Matt? (laughs) I haven't, no, no. Um, I I mean, Discord, I mean, I'm not a gamer, unless playing Temple Run on your phone counts as being a gamer, but uh, I know Discord is very popular and I do see a lot of people talking about it on socials, but I literally have no idea. But I have seen a lot of stuff about Be Real recently. Um, in, ter- in terms of new platforms, this one has really exploded this year. Um, and what's funny is I actually found out about Be Real through a TikTok that I saw. So it just goes to show that TikTok does reign supreme. Um, but basically, Be Real does what it says on the tin. It wants to combat this idea that social media is fake and only shows the highlights. So it notifies you at a random time of the day and you have a two minute window to take a photo of whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, I won't go into too much detail, but some people really have no filter when it comes to this. Um, But yeah, this seems to have got really popular this year. So it will be interesting to see where the app kind of goes in the future, because I think I got it. I not to brag or anything, but I got it before it was popular. But I got it at the end of 2021, I think. I think that was before it's popular anyway. And it seems to have just exploded in the last couple of months. And now celebrities have it. I mean, I don't know if I don't know if brands have it. I don't know if it's having the same presence as other social media platforms, but it would be interesting to see if brands had it. Um, and you know, what sort of people followed those brands. 
That, yeah, it's, it's true because in the early days of TikTok, brands were kind of scared about this whole idea that they, they couldn't manage something, they couldn't micromanage the way they were being presented or something because you, you create a TikTok and then it goes off, doesn't it? it, it other people then sort of create something on the back of it or they, they, they sort of bend it or do whatever they want to do with it. And I mean, that, that was always a problem with, with, with TikTok for brands. They'd be, it would be out of control. Um, and obviously, a, a brand without filter um, could be quite an ugly beast, if, you know, if we're being honest. It'll be interesting to see what happens with these apps and whether they reach the same uh, popularity level as TikTok. So um, this week, we also published our Faces to Watch piece online, which is campaigns assessment of some of the brightest talent in our industry. So, Matt and Charlotte, was there anything that struck you about this year's class? I think really... I think with the faces to watch, you know, you're always looking at sort of younger people and younger creatives in particular, and, and you think, well, that means TikTok, you know, that that means sort of social, digital, and, and all this sort of stuff. What was quite striking this year um, is, is how many people are sort of involved in sort of out of home campaigns. Uh, a lot of them are sort of doing things like mentoring. You know, a lot of them are really sort of breathing new life into the industry, but but not in a, a, a way that you would think would just mean, as I say, doing a bit of social or whatever. They're actually sort of getting right at the heart and the crux of things that are affecting the industry. Um, diversity and inclusivity is obviously a big one. There's just, an, there's, there's, I, I don't know, if, you know, people haven't got the magazine, they can see it online now as well. There's a great photo shoot Nick Wilson did, photographer Nick Wilson, and it really captures that kind of energy and excitement. And that sense of fun, you know, fun's kind of become a bit of a dirty word over the past few years. It's sort of been overshadowed by other words like purpose and other big words like that. But, you know, there's a guilt-free sense of fun of working in the industry. And I think, I think that's great. I think that's really important. Yeah, I agree as well. And, you know, you can definitely see that sense of fun shining through. I think it's also like what Matt mentioned about, you know, diversity and inclusion efforts. I think that that is becoming a bigger priority than it ever has done before. Um, and I think it's just obviously the industry and society as a whole has a long way to go in terms of reflecting what the world truly looks like. But seeing stuff like this, it makes me hopeful, you know, seeing such a diverse group of people representing young talent as well. Like it's, it does make me hopeful that, that you know, things are going to improve in the future. Um, also, my imposter syndrome has reached new heights after seeing what all these people have achieved so early in their careers. <laughs> it's great to see how many of them are involved in sort of um, internal um, programs and, and concepts like around diversity and around inclusion. You know, they're sort of leading the way um, for a lot of sort of older heads within the industry. And I think that that's sort of really a, a crucial moment, actually. Yeah, I mean, it seems there are some really bright futures uh, ahead for these guys. So uh, we'll look forward to seeing what they do next. Um, but as part of that feature, we also surveyed um, those uh, included within it and asked them what their attitude to work was and their careers. And one of the interesting stats that came out of it was that just 15% of them thought they were paid enough. Matt, you've been exploring this issue of uh, pay at junior levels and its importance in terms of recruitment. What what did you find? Well, yeah, I mean, some, some other stats. So we, the, the school reports that came out earlier in the summer, we, we found out that the average junior wage is, I think it's 22,820. Um, and, and with the survey faces to watch, 75% of respondents were saying that they, they were quite worried about financial situations and so on. Obviously, that's something that's now going to increase with cost of living crisis and, and, and all the, the horrible stuff that's going on in the world. Um, we have a question of the week, uh, which we're running this week, and, and, and that was asking, is pain now the only factor uh, in attracting junior talent? What was really interesting was a lot of people were saying, yes, it is, but, you know, the, 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 
obviously money is important. And if, you, if you're not sort of offering people uh, a, a decent whack of wage, then they're going to go elsewhere. But I mentioned that word fun earlier, and that sort of came back into it. It's a really kind of quaint expression, but job satisfaction sort of came into it quite a lot. You know, if you're working in the ad industry, you want to do it because you love it. I was telling to Tony Cunningham recently about uh, another piece, and he said, we've, we've got to make people fall in love with the industry again. And, and, and fun has a lot to do with that. Um, but people, um, Sarah so, so Donovan, who's the, the people engagement director at Good Stuff, was, was sort of saying that over the last six months or so, she's seen this, this real sort of push towards a shift towards a more holistic approach that work-life balance becomes important, job security becomes important, well-being becomes important, all of those things. So money is a crucial factor, but I think there is still this sense that, um, you know, you, you, you're maybe not going to, if, if you're going on at a junior level, you might not get the same as a, as a trainee lawyer would get a barrister or, you know, you'd probably get more than a journalist to be fair, but you know, it's that's part and parcel of the game. That's that's part of the part of the process of, of joining the industry. Um, whether that changes or not, especially given what's going on with, as I say, with cost of living crisis and, and recessions looming and, and everything else, I think it remains to be seen. Yeah, I think from my perspective, I see it on both sides. I think a lot of young talent actually can't afford to be picky when it comes to their salaries, especially if they're trying to get their foot in the door. Um, and I definitely think that's the case for the creative industries because it's so competitive. But on the other hand, a lot of the time in order to get a job in the creative industry, you have to move to London or a big city. And that means paying rent. And because you're in a big city, that rent won't be cheap. It's like a vicious cycle, really. So from that perspective, maybe junior talent is prioritizing higher salaries because there's no other way to live the lifestyle that comes with the career that they want to pursue. Yeah, it's certainly going to become an issue that's increasingly important, like we said, as the cost of living crisis escalates. So thank you so much for both sharing um, your findings with us and your views. It's been great having you, Charlotte and Matt, on the podcast today. To everyone listening, if you'd like to read the articles we've been discussing, please visit our website, campaignlive.co.uk. Details of our subscriptions are available at www.campaignlive.co.uk forward slash membership. If you enjoyed this episode of the Campaign Podcast, please follow us, like and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. A big thank you to our producer, Aidan Lyons from Rethink Audio, and also to you for listening. I hope you'll join us next time. On behalf of the Campaign team, goodbye. Goodbye.